This is Hallway Chats, where we talk with some of the unique people in and around WordPress. Together, we meet and chat with folks you may not know about in our community. With our guests, we'll explore stories of living and of making a living with WordPress. And now the conversation begins. This is episode 19. Welcome to Hallway Chats. I'm Tara Clays. And I'm Liam Dempsey. Today, we have Rich Tabor on the show. Rich is a full-stack creative professional, designer, developer, maker, and writer. He's laid back, but he's also hard-hitting. Rich loves learning and bringing on growth through challenges. Hi, Rich. Hey, how's it going? (laughs) Rich, it's going great. Thanks for joining us today. Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself beyond the 25, 30 words that we, we just heard? Sure. Um, so my name is Rich Tabor. And uh, like I said, I'm a full stack creative. Uh, I don't know, I guess that means I pretty much wear a lot of hats. Uh, I love uh, learning, teaching, writing, uh, actually doing creative work and developing. Uh, I just, you know, I enjoy making things come to fruition. And uh, whether that's personally or professionally, it's, you know, it's all kind of summed up in one for myself. <laughs> It sounds like you work alone, or do you have uh, an agency or employees or coworkers? A little bit of both. Um, I work on my own stuff. I've got a theme shop, uh, Theme Beans, where I make themes for creative professionals. And um, I also work for Envato reviewing WordPress themes on ThemeForce. And um, I pick up clients here and there uh, doing uh, contract work uh, for WordPress websites, typically. Uh, but that's a little bit of, I guess, the trifecta of what I do. <laughs> okay, so uh, tell us a little bit about your background, where you where you come from, and how you learned to do what you do. Yeah, so um, I live in northern Georgia, about an hour and a half north of Atlanta, uh, with my beautiful wife and two baby girls, and. Uh, Right when I, so I started getting into the WordPress space when I graduated college and I studied marketing and uh, learned design back in the, uh, back in the old, old Photoshop days. Uh, Then I graduated, went into a marketing position at a local company and did only design work for them. Uh, The developers were pretty soon were uh, were like, Hey Rich, man, we can't, we can't do all this. Like (laughs) this is way out of scope, way too complicated, way too much work. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. So I was like, okay, well naturally I should learn the rules of the game. So I learned how to do front end design and that when I was there and that soon evolved into doing WordPress themes and then plugins. And I just, you know, I love learning. So I just kept going. (laughs) What is your primary source of learning? What's your, do you have a go-to book or website that you use oh i guess to be cliche google <laughs> i mean mm-hmm. i uh i pretty much uh when i'm developing or working on something new i just run into stumps run into problems and you know google your way out of it so and do you do some client work i do uh i just i do uh all sorts of stuff client like locally um especially like in the small business scene around here um i just picked up a a thing to do uh the local school systems websites um, around here which is pretty neat uh, because you know school systems have a lot of needs and their websites are not very you know functional or attractive or no one really wants to pick up 
that type of burden. But I, I really think serving my local community in that fashion would be pretty neat. Yeah, the local community and being able to support it at that level, especially through the local schools, is is a great way to to contribute to the quality of uh, of life around you. Tell me a little bit mm -hmm. about the that the the school system. Did, did you get a work? Did you get the contract for the entire school district? Are you building teacher sites? Is what specifically? If you can share that with us. Yeah, it's uh, for the whole school system uh, in this region up here. It's you know five or six schools um, to start off, and then we'll see where it goes from there. Um, and in that, there's a lot of little things like uh, they want to set up like teacher blogs for each of the teachers, and and just kind of building upon that sort of technological side of what they want to do in the school rooms, um, which I think is really exciting. There's a lot of movement on that front. Yeah. And so do you work, you're a full stack and you, it sounds like you do everything sort of soup to nuts, unicorn style. So how do you find that? It sounds like a big project. Do you, will you work on that all alone or do you have people that you contract to or partner with on something like that? Uh, for bigger projects like this, I'll definitely reach out to uh, a few people I know and kind of keep on my back burners just in case. Uh, and I like to, with something this big, I do like to have other eyes on it because it can easily get away overblown, yeah. <laughs> especially when you're, you know, I'm communicating with a bunch of people who have different ideas for what the website should be and how it should work. So it's part of the whole project is making them kind of come together in that. So, and then presenting an idea and a website and uh, the functionalities that they really need and that are core to what they want to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with that point around the bigger projects and having additional people. It's not that you don't know how to do it or that you can't come up with mm -hmm. the conditionals or what's the ideal functionality, but it's more on one person. And I know how I would want it to do it, but making this for an entire school system, <laughs> how, do, how, do, how do we go about doing that? And also just the, what's the wider experience? You know, if I make it this mm -hmm. way, oh, right. If I then try to incorporate this, that creates technical challenges because of the way this system works. So yeah, that can be tough though, to, to, to have that cadre of people around you when you are a freelancer. Would you speak to how you go about building your professional network of suppliers, vendors, whether it's developers, designers, copywriters, that you know you can like turn to when, oh, I got the big deal, I got a big project. How, how did you go about building that? How do you maintain that? Yeah, so um, that's a great question. Uh, a lot of the people that I've grown to network with and, and gotten to become more or less friends with, uh, are, I've developed these relationships through uh, online, social media, uh, Twitter usually, uh, even back in the day, answering questions online with people and people asking me questions. And then that sparks like, a, hey, I've got this idea. Do you want to work on this together? Or I've got this client project, so then I'll do something for them. And then, you know, in the future, I might ask them to do something uh, then at local conferences, uh, even regional conferences, uh, in word camps, it's a great place to just really put faces to names to people you may have never known or probably would never have met otherwise. Um, so really, that's how I do it. Yeah. yeah, that's a good thing about the WordPress community is it doesn't have to necessarily be local, but there certainly are lots of resources locally, opportunities mm -hmm. to meet people face-to-face. Uh, -face. But in terms of collaborating, it's really easy to do that when you're not face-to-face -face as well. So it sounds like you've got a good mixture there of the two. Of your um, of the, the variety of work that you do, what what is your favorite 
your favorite thing your theme reviews theme creating client work uh it would definitely be creating themes uh that's kind of my bread and butter uh that's where i learned everything basically that's how i uh you know you learn something by being i like trial by fire so i put out a theme and when you know five or six years ago it was terrible <laughs> when i look back on it but you know the, all those experiences and every time i release a new theme you learn so much more and today with wordpress standards evolving so fast and rapidly and theme standards and plugin standards it's i mean it keeps you on your toes it keeps you going and uh it's so much fun i, I love just taking an idea and doing the research and really making something great and putting it out there for others. I think that's so much fun. That takes a lot of confidence, I think. <laughs> so I've, I've attended some, some talks about creating themes to be put into the repo and all that it takes to have them pass muster. And uh, mm -hmm. it seems pretty overwhelming. So I'm sure once you've done a couple, you probably know where you get caught up or don't get caught up. Mm -hmm. But have you had... Uh, any experience with um, failing at that? Or uh, when you say you learn from doing it, is that a painful process to learn? I mean, is it learning the hard way when you're putting it out there for everyone to see and, and compliment or criticize either way? <laughs> yes, that's the, uh, the joy of open source. <laughs> I mean, it's good <laughs> because you're getting so many eyes to look at your stuff that I mean, if I was just sitting in a room teaching myself this stuff, I would never learn 80%, 90% of what I'm learning because of the community, because I'm getting eyes on it. And, and that's helping me develop myself, in a sense. Um, and you said uh, failures. Uh, I'm putting a theme on the WordPress repository. It's my first official theme. I've had a, a bunch of themes that are commercial only. Um, and I submitted it uh, earlier this summer. My goal for this year was to get one in there. And I submitted earlier this summer and it was tore to shreds. Okay. And, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's good though. Cause I, I, you know, I'm taking that and I resubmitted it a couple months later with all the fixes. And, you know, I was like, these are all valid concerns and requests. And then I just take all those concerns, requests and bug fixes and, and apply them to all of my things, which I would have otherwise not ever known. So that it's helping me grow even then it's still in the queue waiting. Um, yeah. Which is, yeah <laughs> well congratulations that's really interesting i like that approach and uh it sounds to me it sounds like a great way to learn but it also does sound like you have to have a thick skin to do that's that true. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say is your biggest challenge rich is oh see i you know i think of work and life balance as uh you know it's I don't know. I cannot really separate it. It's work and life to me is the same thing because I'm passionate about work and I'm passionate about life, of course. Um, so for me, my biggest challenge is, you know, is balancing the the parent act with my life and with work because I'm a, I'm a new parent. Um, uh, what's, I have a 19 month old, maybe 20 month old and a five or six month old. The numbers get blurry at this stage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> So it's just, I'm learning this new style of living, really, of, of being wherever I'm being. And it's it's hard. It is. But it's but like I said, with the uh, themes, it's also challenging me to grow in, that, in the per personal life, big, important part of everything, which is so cool. <laughs> yeah. Do you find it? I mean, you sound like you're passionate about what you do and, and working on themes and code, I know, can be absorbing and you kind of lose track of time. And so do you find mm -hmm. yourself, uh, how do you 
balance that both in your time, but also in your mind or your, um, I guess your, your mental health, your family health, how do you balance that? And, and do you beat yourself up when you've gone three hours past when you said you were going to be there working on code? If that happens to you, I know that might be familiar. <laughs> <laughs> how do you manage that kind of thing? Uh, so I, I've really learned to set expectations for myself, like valid expectations, like things that I know I can accomplish in X amount of time. And, you know, there's, there are the hours where something happens and you're, you know, you're in a room for three more hours than you intended, but I don't make that the norm. And I really, really try not to do that. Uh, Cause I know like even relationship wise with my wife and I setting those expectations are very important. And even, you know, working from home that magnifies that. Cause you know, I'm one room away, but there's a tornado going on downstairs <laughs> yeah. crying and babies. So it's, it's all for me, it's personally like, okay, what can I get done? How much time do I have to do this? And I think I can do that. Okay, let's do it. And, and being hyper-focused on that because otherwise it could lean one way or the other. I'll get nothing done or, you know, just, I've just be away and I can't have that either. Yeah. Focus and productivity. Those are two, mm -hmm. two challenges. I think that, that we all face when we're dealing with having a family in the next room or, or being engrossed and passionate about what we do. Um, related to this idea of balance, what would you say is um, your idea of success? You know, we ask this of a lot of people on this show. We like to have, um, we like to hear different opinions about it. And so in your personal or your business life, what would you say is your definition of success? That is awesome. I love that question. <laughs> See, success to me is is really, really loving what you do and then and just doing what you love. I guess it kind of it's the same thing, but not at the same time. It's I just am passionate about my work. I'm passionate about my life. I'm passionate about being a dad and to me, that is success. That is, I'm doing it, you know, and that's what's, it's fun. It's great. It's rewarding. And it's just success. <laughs> that's a great definition. It's, it, it's so simple and, and profound in, 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 in many ways. And then within that definition then of loving what you do and doing what you love, can I just circle that back to then how do you how do you push the success of being a dad? So the mm -hmm. time commitment uh, in, a, in a good way, right? You want to be with mm -hmm. your, your children. You want to be with your wife versus success as a business owner, as a developer, as a designer, as a creator. And you know, to some extent, the two can build on each other, right? The experiences mm -hmm. of fatherhood and husbandry can can lend themselves to success in the creative shop and vice versa. But at some point they also compete. And I wonder your thoughts about that. Yeah, that's great. Um, and from, from my two years of experience or just about two years of experience for me, it's, it's spending the quality time with, well, like in, in relation to success with the being a dad, it's the quality time with the babies. It's, it's being there with mom and being with the, with the whole family and just, just being, I guess. Um, and it's, you know, in, in this stage, we're also starting to discipline a little bit. So that's part of life right now. And 
for me to be a successful parent, I think that's part of the deal. Like I can't, you know, that's, that's it. So that's part of being successful for me is being able to learn with my wife on how to properly discipline and how to how to grow our children up and which is so exciting when you think about it it's <laughs> fantastic it's wonderful it's absolutely wonderful so with within that then your definition and the challenges of balance do you have systems that you've implemented or worked up that help you keep that balance you know whether it's a to-do list or timers or <laughs> a, a daily routine so that when you know when it all does hit the fan whether you know the family the the, ch the girls are sick or the client uh, project is just when this kicking off is is really getting fast and furious and deadlines you know what kind of systems do you have in place yeah, I'm all about systems. <laughs> when when you have babies and multiple projects and uh, different positions and and you love it all, you have to. It has to be systemized. Um, so what I do is I have you know Trello list is what I use uh, use Trello for everything. I have my my day list and I just pull whatever I'm going to work on. And like I said earlier, with expectations and set reasonable objectives for what I'm getting done. Mm -hmm. um, I do, I do a 15 minute drive that's in quotes home <laughs> from my office and I go to the bedroom and just kind of just down, you know, just kind of take a breather and just kind of get into, get out of the work mode and into the home mode. Um, and I found that to be awesome because on the days that I would go and hang out in coffee shops and such, I would come home and be energized and ready to go because I've had the drive home. Right. Uh, instead right, of right. yeah, or maybe because you drank coffee all day too, that might that help too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but really, though, like having that that just a few minutes to kind of to to buffer the two the two the work and the home life that's been that's been awesome. It really has. Um, and then also with expectations with my wife, like letting her know like a week ahead of time, like, Hey, Hey baby, we've got this project coming up and it's due on Friday afternoon and it's going to probably go late or it could go late. And that way she knows to plan that. Um, and that's how we take care of that. Communication is key. Oh yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you about your drive. Cause I've, I've never heard that practice before. And I really am interested by it. And I would be <laughs> fearful that I would go and just pull out my phone and surf Twitter and yeah. <laughs> you know, the news app and, and the like. What are you doing you can't on your drive, drive and home? Tweet. You can't drive and <laughs> tweet. Right, right. You can't drive and tweet or drive. Yeah, I just, I usually just lay there. Yeah, I just lay there. You know, you always think about work, like, you know, right after work. You're not going to sure. stop. You can't just, oh, here we go. But, but it is a point where I'm like, what did I accomplish today? Did I get, did I hit all my expectations, my objectives for the day? Okay, sweet, I did. Or you know what, I didn't get that one thing done. Okay, well, I'll do that first thing in the morning. And then that way, when I'm downstairs playing with the kids, I'm not thinking of that. I'm not worrying about things. I've already thought about it for a little bit and kind of gone from the, you know, the developer mode or designer mode, where I'm at, into the family mode. And in no phones, like you said, you would, if you're just on Twitter, you're, you know, you're just going into the numb state. You're not really... You're just, you know, you're just absorbing, <laughs> I guess. You know. That's so a great I'm practice gonna, to share. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And I'm not going to let it go yet. I've got more questions. If I 
So you're, you're going through this mental review, and I appreciate the value of that as, a, as an unwind process. Are you bringing a notepad? Are you, you, know, you just said, oh, I didn't get to this today. I'll do that tomorrow. How are you mm-hmm. indicating that? How are you letting your brain off the hook for remembering that? Are you quickly updating Trello on your phone? Are you writing something down? Uh, how are you respecting your drive? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but also enabling your brain so that when you go downstairs or maybe you leave your phone in the bedroom and you're, you're committed to family time, you're not freaking out. Like I got to write that down. I got to remember how, how are you right. doing that? <laughs> uh, if it's something, if it's something bigger, definitely on Trello, I would just, I have a assist, you know, left to right system and then a done list. So I just drag stuff over and just kind of like, okay. Um, but it's typically not anything that's not on Trello. Like if it's not on Trello already, then it's something big. I kind of know what's happening because <laughs> I, I, like I said, I, I plan, I'm a huge planner. I plan everything. Um, and very, yeah, so everything is pretty much buttoned up by the end of that period there. And then I can go downstairs and just chill <laughs> or chill when you have babies, I guess it's not really chilling. It's, it's a little whirlwind, but <laughs> But it is nice. It sounds like a good combination of uh, meditation and also list making or productivity. And and Mm -hmm. Liam's question makes me think of one of my personal heroes, David Allen, who write wrote a book called Getting Things Done, and he talks about always having paper or a note paper or notebook with you so that when those thoughts come in your head, you can write them down so they don't lose them. And I know Liam is also a disciple of David Allen. So (laughs) I think that's where his question may have been coming from. (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. You know me well, Tara. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. It's, It's easy to get the productivity bug when you work for yourself because it's really important to have your systems in place or you can just kind of fritter away the day and, mm-hmm. and get lost. It's, there are lots of great tools and shiny objects, and we've probably tried out all of us more than, <laughs> more than we need to, but you know, finding the one that works for you, whether it's Trello or something else, it's a goldmine once you find that. It really helps, mm-hmm. helps you be productive and, and successful in quotes, you know, how, whatever that <laughs> whatever that might mean. Um, when you think to the future, Rich, when you think about where your business is right now and, and, and having two small children who I imagine you need to support financially to some degree, what do you, do you, how do you manage that process in terms of thinking about your goals for your business, merging them with the goals for your family, but primarily talking now about business when you look ahead, say five years or, or further down the road, do you, set goals for yourself in that type of way yeah i do uh yeah i do it's um interesting i guess a lot of my goals are uh pending challenges i guess it's like things that i really want to do so i'm like okay let's let's figure out how to do that and it's uh like i'm working on some course material i want to do a uh, course on mastering the wordpress customizer because that's that's kind of my bread and butter i love making things easy for users and making things intuitive um and so that's one of my goals for uh, next year is to figure out if there's, uh, if that's a thing, if I'm going to do that, if it's a viable product. Uh, and then for theme beans, it's right now I'm just growing the customer base and it's going awesome. Uh, the theme market in general is, is rough sailing right now. Um, but I broke out from the crowd a little bit earlier, which has helped me big time. <laughs> how, but, how did you do that? How did you break out from the crowd? 
I differentiated myself through my design work and I also separated from selling on mass markets uh, like uh, theme forest and creative market as much. Um, so my newer material is just solely on my website and I've been uh, marketing a whole lot uh, studying. I studied marketing in school, so I, I had a few tools in my bag before things went down uh, market wise. So I have, you know, lots of emails and lots of people and lots of uh, really loyal customers, which have helped me through this rough sailing right now. But I think in a year or two, the market will be, you know, it's going to be completely different again, uh, but which is cool because I think it's moving towards a quality market. Um, people are more educated about what it takes to have a quality theme uh, versus, you know, a $19 theme on ThemeForest. There's a huge difference, likely. <laughs> yeah. Um, how does it, how does your work at Theme Beans cross over with what you do for Envato? Uh, I try my best to keep it very separate. Um, but the, the crossovers that do happen are, are good. They're educational things that I've learned. Um, new ways of doing things or better ways or new standards or upcoming standards. Uh, I've helped the folks at ThemeForce write some WordPress requirements for uh, reviewing. So that's been cool that I've been able to be a part of that. It's like, we're asking like, why are we checking for this? And is it necessary? Okay, well, how do we communicate that to the buyer, to the uh, authors? And how do we educate them on improving things? Um, so I think that's really the only way. I really try to keep them separate though, like mindset wise, like I don't like to, to cross paths in that sense, except for the education. This is the, like the elephant in the room of WordPress these days, but I'll ask you, and you don't have to talk about it for more than like a few seconds, but as a theme builder with, well, actually there's two elephants in the room. I'll ask you about how, um, the growth of page builders is affecting your themes and also, um, looking ahead to Gutenberg and how that will affect what you have to do going forward and also retroactively? Yeah, those are great questions. So page builders, uh, they, I mean, they have some room. I mean, they're definitely affecting the theme market um, in a good way, though. I think they're empowering users who would have had a horrible time trying to do the same stuff with shortcodes and um, on their own, or they would have paid someone lots of dollars to do the same stuff with probably lower quality. Um, so I'm, that's totally okay. I've integrated a few, like uh, Beaver Builder, into a couple of my themes. It's the it's the one I've I've tested a bunch, and that's the one I found to be the top of the line. Um, but like, but by, by integrating them, it's not in the same sense as uh, their default modules. Like I set, you know, I set the parameters, I set rules, so when they add specific modules to different locations, they already look great. It's not a uh, a it's not like a full on do everything you want to do. It's more of a do it within these constraints, and it's going to look awesome. Um, and Gutenberg, I'm, I'm stoked about Gutenberg. I think it's going to be great. It's, you know, it's the revolution of short codes, but in today's time, um, I think it'll be just as advantageous as short codes were before they weren't there and now they were. Um, and I think that it leaves opportunity for authors and developers to add some really cool stuff to their themes. Um, and that's what's exciting to me. It's like a whole nother doorway that's opening up. I like the, your positive answers. <laughs> yeah, I think positive, I look at God. them. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I think they're just, you know, they're opportunities. Sure. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Rich, let me, let me change gears on you and ask you what 
more or less a signature question for us. What is the single most valuable piece of advice, be it personal, professional, or maybe a mix of both, that you've ever received and incorporated into your life? Yes, that one is good. <laughs> okay, so this one for me, it's all about being real. It's being, you know, a human, a real person. You know, with the internet, it's so easy, you know, to sit behind a screen and to never be there, you know, to never be with your customers, to never feel their pain points, to never to be there to help them. It's so easy to just, you know, just be an avatar. Um, so for me, it's about being human, being real, and connecting with people, uh, whether that's social media, whether that's in person you know, at home, or whether that's at the store, or whether that's uh, in my support channels. It's it's what kind of separates me from a lot of the competition out there uh, in the support theme world, because I want my customers to know that when they buy a theme from me, they're buying you know a little bit of me. Like I'm there, I'm in the theme, I built it. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm partial to helping them succeed with their website and I want them to know that. So that's the biggest piece of advice that I've ever received. <laughs> and how do you, how do you go about being human and real in support tickets or as part of the client project? What does, what does that mean? It means, I mean, being empathetic, being, being honest and transparent, like, I don't know, like just, just being who you would be if you were sitting across the table helping them with their problems. It's, it's taking that mentality and approaching support in a matter of, I want to help you. And I want you to learn how to help yourself too. And then we're all going to grow. Your website will be amazing. It's already beautiful. And now let's fix these little issues you're having and let's kick this off. And then making sure that they know that I'm there whenever they need me and making it easy to get me to reach out to me and quick. Um, that's again a really positive answer <laughs> I really like that <laughs> and and I'm sure I, I'm hopeful that that's how it how it is most times I you know I would imagine that support sometimes mm -hmm. is 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 a rough road to travel but it mm -hmm. sounds but I think it's kind of like anything else if you approach it with that positive pleasantness then people have no choice but to respond to you that way <laughs> <laughs> but maybe their initial reach out to you is maybe more panicked or <laughs> freaking right out. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's important to have that positive attitude and mentality when you're doing support i think <laughs> patience and all of those things which it sounds oh, yes. like you have in ample quantities rich <laughs> oh thank you <laughs> well yeah, our the world time... can sorry to interrupt you Tara. i was just gonna no, that was check me. in Let's as well cut it right there just yeah. that that your emphasis on being honest and transparent and reliable i i would imagine that most of us would agree if not all of us that the world could use a lot more honesty and transparency at this point in time so that you're taking that mm -hmm. approach to your business and to your life and to the way you're interacting with and loving and supporting and raising your family is uh <laughs> promising promising indeed thank you for sharing that with me <laughs> it is well, thanks, it's refreshing <laughs> yeah well our time is coming to an end rich and we really have enjoyed talking to you and and uh meeting you can you tell everyone else who will be listening where they can find you yeah so i occasionally write on richtaber.com uh my sell my themes and uh, you can see all my work at themebeans.com and i'm on twitter uh, richard underscore tabor t-a-b-o-r 
Um, and I'm all over all three of those, so <laughs> you'll catch me. <laughs> Great. Rich, thanks for joining us this afternoon. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you, getting to know you a little bit and hearing about you. Thanks for your time and your conversation. Yeah, thanks, guys. It's been so awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening to the show. We sure hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you like what we're doing here, meeting new people in our WordPress community, we invite you to tell others about it. We're on iTunes and at hallwaychats.com. Better yet, ask your WordPress friends and colleagues to join us on the show. Encourage them to complete the Beyond the Show form on our site to tell us about themselves.